Hi, welcome back to Coach Gritty's Coaching 101 podcast, hosted by myself, Chris Luckett. At this time, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors. Kentucky Cold Snack. After a long day, it's time to crack open a snack. Kentucky Cold Snack, the official beer of Montana. And Ultimate Lacrosse, located at 141 in Manchester for all of your lacrosse needs. Welcome back to a new episode of Coach Gritty's Coaching 101 podcast hosted by myself, Chris Luckett. I just want to take this time out um, to really thank everybody who gave me feedback. Um, Your feedback has been phenomenal and has really helped me improve the show. So thank you again. Um, And without further ado, let's get into episode two. Now, today's episode is kind of going to be building on what we talked about, but it's a standalone episode. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about building culture and what that looks like. Now, before we get into the step by step process, I kind of want to direct this or, you know, let people know that this is not limited to first or second year head coaches or new coaches of a program. Um, Building a culture isn't even limited to sports. You can use this in the workforce, really wherever, but, you know, it could even be used by seasoned veteran coaches who, you know, want to rebrand their team or give their team a new identity and set new expectations, right? So I think let's start there. So I think, you know, the first and most important part when you are wanting to build a new culture or give your team a new identity, I think it's very important to take into account what you already have, what assets you have, what people are still around, what, you know, and I say people that are still around. So for us here in Missouri, lacrosse is still a club sport. So uh, there's a board that runs it. And, you know, at the school that I'm at, we have a president, um, a treasurer, a essentially the team mom, who's basically the vice president, um, a lot of other board members who have input on what we do. And so as you're taking into account, you know, what you're wanting to rebrand your team's identity and culture to, I think identifying the people that are there to help you and to assist in this, right? Another thing is your coaching staff, always look at your coaching staff and see, you know, what pieces you have and where your coaches, where your assistant coaches and your philosophies meet and kind of where they differ. Because again, a cohesive coaching staff is going to help breed what this culture and branding of your team is going to be. Next, um, you absolutely want to look at your, uh, personnel, right? You want to look at the guys that, you know, you have. And I know we talked about it and I just said, you know, maybe you're a veteran coach that's been at a program for 10 plus years and you just had a graduating class 
of seniors who have been with you since you started the that team, right? And now they're gone and now you have this new group and so it's it's a rebuilding process, right? The the traditions and things that that senior class took with them are now gone and so now it's time to, you know, get a new identity, right? And the last thing um you want to take into account is yourself, right? You want to assess yourself as a coach, like really ask yourself and have those tough conversations with those around you and make sure you understand what you're good at, what you're not good at, where you need improvements, what you do really well and answer the question of the why, right? Why are we rebranding? Are we a new team? Did I lose a bunch of seniors? Uh, What impression do I want to give? on these kids as I come in as this brand new head coach, etc. Right. And so you answer the why. And then I think the next step that you look at is you start asking for input. And again, you ask those people that, you know, that after you assess and you realize, you know, who's around you and who can help you and who has the best interests of the club and all of that goes into account. Right. And I think you just need to ask for honest feedback. You know, the parents will tell you what they liked, what they didn't like, um, where they feel like they need improvement. And I think, you know, being able to have that open dialogue between parents makes for a better situation for the kids. And then um, as you're asking for input, I mean, look for the leaders. Right. I mean, everybody knows, even if you have a big senior class that leaves. Right. Everybody knows who the JV captains are or who the next guys up are to step in and fill the roles of those guys that you lost. I think that is a huge component of our coaching staff and our job as coaches, right? So really ask them for input. Maybe jot a few of the things um, down that you hear and you know really take that into account. Before I move on to the next step, Um, I kind of realized that I skipped over, you know, what is building culture, right? What is building a winning culture at that? What do you, what do I mean by that? And I think what I mean is, you know, what do you, what is the identity of your team, right? What do you want your team to be known for? And I think if, I mean, because Identity is one of the most precious things in the world. You know, even identical twins have different have a different set of fingerprints because they are individually different. And so if you have a team that doesn't have an identity, it is that much more difficult to understand the whys of the drills that you're running to understand the whys of the hard practices and why coaches get upset. And and I think it allows us as coaches to set the precedent and our expectations. So as I go back... I kind of talked about, you know, the first step being taking the inventory and kind of seeing what you have. The next part was to ask for that input and that feedback. 
after you get the feedback, you know, it's time to definitively define and incorporate your core values. What's the most important to you? Right? I play, so the team that I coach for is the only high school in the school district, and it's in one of the more known communities in St. Louis. So when we put on that Kirkwood jersey, you know, one of the core values that, you know, I explained to my players is that we do not just represent a school. And yeah, sometimes that can be a burden, but it's a burden that we have been blessed with the opportunity to not only represent a high school, but to represent an entire community. And that's one of our core values is to always keep in mind that unlike other schools, we don't just represent a high school. We represent an entire community. So we have to be that. We have to live up to that standard. And you incorporate your core values, you know, throughout practices and kind of your rhetoric and what you're teaching as we're doing the drills and you start to it gets kind of you sound like a broken record because you repeat a lot of the same things however the consistency of repeating those same things and making sure your team can recite and they live it is consistency You have to be consistent with your core values and you cannot stray from them because as soon as you do, they're no longer that much important. There's no point. You can have the best five things ever. Most coaches say, hey, we work hard. Hey, we're good people. It's always good sportsmanship. We take, but as soon as we've all heard them, right? But as soon as we we, and I'm trying to figure out the word to use because it's not, as soon as we ease up and we don't take all of them very seriously and we're not consistent about taking the core values once they've been set, that's when things start, that's when they lessen in value. Another thing that... I think sometimes we get confused of or confused about when we talk about culture and building a winning culture and we talk about, you know, building an identity and a brand. Culture is a process. There's no destination for culture. It's a process. Goals are the destination, right? Culture is an ongoing, infinite process that never stops it's just the process of setting goals setting expectations achieving those goals and meeting those expectations and then setting new goals and new expectations and raising the bar so and again Nick Saban one of my I read his book and he worked with one of the psychologist at Michigan State when he was there and that's who you know essentially helped him develop his his process and what he's known for but it's it's an ongoing task 
people know that like after Nick Saban won his first national championship, he wasn't even happy because he was supposed to do that. That was a part of the process. It was a part of it. It, it was okay. We set that. I set the goal. I achieved it. They met the expectations. Cool. 24 hours reset. It's time to restart. And I think arguably there, there's no, you don't need any more evidence than Alabama's football program. And that's the mindset of building a winning culture. I'm not saying you can't enjoy the, the wins and the championships, but again, you have to have that mindset that building a winning culture is not a destination. It's a process. Goals and expectations, those are the destinations. We set a goal. We want to win our conference this year. The expectation is everybody does their job, knows their job, and performs their job at the highest level every single practice, game, and walkthrough. And we will get to our goal, which is to win conference. Cool. And once we win conference, okay, what's the next expectation? What's the next goals that we set? So, so keep that in mind when you're at practices that when you're building this, this thing and this identity and your expectations, it's so important to be consistent in it, to be deliberately consistent. And not and and the crazy thing is, and I I struggle at this, you know, is that, you know, it's hard to be consistent. It's hard to be consistent, you know, as a coach, because even I I sometimes are I I ease up on things, right? But that's the worst thing we can do as head coaches. It's the worst thing we can do as coaches. Because as soon as they see that we don't always take that expectation seriously as as players, then why should they? And and give yourself time to build this culture and build this brand. I think, again, one of the most successful high school coaches in our area said it took him six years to build that program into what it is now. So keep that in mind. It's all about the long game. It's always been about the long game. Set the expectations, set the goals, achieve them, set new expectations, set new goals. And you do that enough times repeatedly Now there's a culture. Now there's an established idea that this is what we do. It's not just a one-off kind of thing. This is what we do consistently year in, year out. And give yourself time. Play the long game. It may not happen in year two or three. 
may not even happen in year four or five. Some coaches get lucky and it happens for them in years one and two. But I think when it's all said and done, I think you have to keep in mind that it could potentially take you longer. However, don't stray from it. Stay consistent. And don't waver on them. And then you will start to see the results of being what you set out to be, of being a winning program or being a consistent program. I think I see you see it all the time. Teams go through, I mean, just look at the NFL. Teams go through four or five head coaches in six seasons and they're not good. Why is that? There's no consistency. They're learning a new somebody's trying to implant implement, sorry, a new culture every single year. Those players in that locker room are learning a new set of values every single year and they haven't even achieved the ones from the previous guy. So Keep that in mind as you begin to build your winning culture. Take the time to really learn what you're not good at. Make sure there's people around you that are really good at the things that you're not good at. One of my all-time favorite quotes. It was from a show. And I live by this. Because it's so simple. Like it, it, It's so simple, but it's so accurate in every aspect of life. So the quote comes from Game of Thrones. And it was when Tywin Lannister was talking to Tommen Lannister after Joffrey had just died and he was about to become king at however old he was, 14. Tywin says, do you know what makes a good king? And Tommen starts rattling off and then he finally gets rattling off different qualities and he finally gets to wisdom. He said, yes, wisdom is one of the best qualities that make a good king. But what about wisdom? Toman couldn't answer. And so Tywin says, a good king, a wisest king, listens to his advisors long after he becomes of age. Wise kings know what they know, and they know what they don't know. And again, that's one of like, it was probably like a 30 second clip, but that like, I live my life by that. I know what I know, and I know what I don't. 
I told you guys on the last podcast, I'm not the smartest X's and O's guy. But I have people around who help me where I lack. And that's how I want to end this. This all goes into your winning culture and what you bring to your team. So keep that in mind. And again, thank you all so much for tuning in to episode two of Coach Gritty's Coaching 101. I hope to see you back for episode three. I thought I was initially going to do weekly, but, you know, it's kind of working out to where I'm going to do this um, as consistently as possible um, and just keep giving you guys content. So, again, thank you so much. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care. And also shout out to our unofficial sponsors, Ultimate Lacrosse and Kentucky Cold Snack.